everybody. Welcome to the Cane and Rinse Podcast, Volume 7, Issue 349. Resident Evil 7, Biohazard. Here we are, at the end of our Resident Evil run. You can play along with the rest of the volume of this year's Cane and Rinse Podcasts if you very quickly play Final Fantasy 7 between now and the time the next show is out. Or you may have played it before, in which case, that's fine. Uh, there may be spoilers in that show. It's a game that's been spoiled, certainly, over the years. Now, joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 349, are Brian Edwards. Welcome to the family, son. Not bad, not bad. Mm. Leah Haydu. I can't even do the voice for this one. Leon's not in this one. No. no. Not even a little bit. But I'm here. Hello. <laughs> Sean O'Brien. He didn't eat. He didn't eat. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's, that was pretty good. That was actually, actually <laughs> chilling. Uh, <laughs> welcome, one and all. So, yes. Uh, the title of this game I've alluded to a number of times in the build-up to this show because I thought it was really cool. Not only is it called Resident Evil 7 Biohazard in the West, but it's called Biohazard 7 Resident Evil in Japan. And in <laughs> the West, it's got a, it's 7 in Roman numerals and they're written within the text. So the V-I-L become the V-1-1 uh, of, the, of the Roman numerals. And in Biohazard 7, the, the 7... I think it is. Is part of the is the is the Z. I really like it. I didn't I know that. A, I, yeah, I knew about the uh, the English title, and but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that they had done that with the logo treatment. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. I think so. Uh, so yeah, Capcom made this game again. Apparently, uh, the development started pretty much straight after the uh, the completion of Resident Evil Six. So all the way back in 2013. They were looking at different ideas, uh, talking about uh, taking inspiration from the Evil Dead, talking about scaling back to one location instead of all the locations like Resident Evil 6 had. Uh, first person perspective. Uh, development began in earnest around February 2014. So the game was directed by Koshi Nakanishi, who had previously helmed Resident Evil Revelations. And uh, he led a team numbering about 120 and for the first time in the series, uh, the narrative designer was a Westerner, Richard Piercy, who was the writer of the two expansion packs of Fear, First Encounter Assault Recon, and one of the narrative designers of Spec Ops The Line, which we covered back in Kena Rince a few years back. Um, and I think that I think that probably is apparent. We'll talk about yeah, influences as well. <laughs> it was released on PS4, Xbox One and PC on January 24th 2017 and there was a switch release i'd kind of forgotten and this was the is this their they were using streaming yeah, the tech streaming for service yeah. mm-hmm. very odd only in it? japan oh, right. yeah. japan only streamed version i don't know i don't really know how it works but and i don't know how well it was received but may this year 2018 the game reviewed considerably more positively than resident evil 6 the version they sent out the most copies of was the PlayStation 4 version and that sits at 80 just under 87% from 55 reviews which is almost 20% higher than Resident Evil 6 was reviewed by critics public wise punters the IMDB has it on similar 8.7 out of 10 and Moby Games has a 4.3 out of 5 so again very similar sales wise I believe it did uh, better than they were expecting they'd uh, relatively they created a relatively modest shipment 
Uh, they were expecting four million copies to sell, but uh, as the sort of momentum picked up, it ended up selling uh, almost six million copies at the time of recording. So almost, yeah, getting on for 50% more than their projection. So even though it hasn't sold, it's still like several million short of the much maligned Resident Evil 6, but uh, yeah, that's interesting in itself. We'll issue a spoiler warning because this is a relatively recent game especially and yeah we'll almost certainly talk about what happens in the in the later game so yeah if you haven't played it and you don't want to know what happens stop listening go play so our personal histories with the game should be fairly short and easy but include mm-hmm. sort of uh, which format you played on and the difficulties <clears> and <throat> how much you've played it let's start with sean yeah as you said short and easy i i, I was enticed about it since the moment they announced it you know i i um i had played resident evil 6 before then and uh like you guys i was not a fan of of that title and um but i also had played uh not revelations one but revelations two and Mm. that did kind of bring me back into the fold i I was i was surprised i really liked that game a lot and so Mm. i saw you know resident evil 7 uh they you know they talked about the kitchen premiere or the kitchen demo and that that really enticed me and and then i played the uh beginning hour demo that came out and that really got me hyped up for it. And then, yeah, it was day one on uh, PS4. And yeah. it's it's since gone on to be probably under Resident Evil 4, like my most played uh, Resident Evil game. I've played really? it, yeah, tons of times. Um, on uh, But I've never been able to finish Madhouse difficulty because Ooh, the Marguerite okay. fight is is ridiculous on that difficulty. But, oh. um, but I have played it a bunch of times on both easy and normal. And I uh, played through um, almost all of the DLC. There was one that I didn't finish, um, mm. or two two that I didn't finish, I should say. Um, but yeah, so well, that's that's my history with it. Uh, Leah, how about you? Uh, I picked this up pretty close to. This is stop me if you heard this one before. I picked this up pretty close to launch, but I didn't play it for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, this is kind of a theme with me, but uh, I. I uh, picked it up on PS4 and I had played, uh, like I mentioned before, the demo leading up to the game's release and was really uh, was really struck by it. Uh, really enjoyed it. Thought it uh, thought it pointed to it drew. I, I'm sure we're probably going to be talking about PT here and there, uh, but it reminded me of that quite a bit. So I was pretty excited uh, to to get around to that, knowing that. PT was not going to be a thing anymore, and that this kind of seemed like a uh, n- not a successor because it's not the same series, but something that could kind of uh, scratch that itch for me. So I started playing this uh, probably pretty late last year, and then finished it up very early this year, and then mm-hmm. uh, played th- played it through again. Uh, this uh, kind of leading up to this this recording, I have played most of the DLC. Uh, there are maybe one or two that I haven't finished, uh, and I replayed a couple of them leading up to this. Mostly the story linked stuff, just because some of them. We'll get into, I'm sure, uh, a bit more about the DLC, but I, I feel that there are a couple that are pretty strong, and then some other ones maybe not quite as much. But mm-hmm. I have uh, have played through it. I, I've actually watched a lot of uh, gameplay on Resident Evil 7, including some speedrunning stuff. There are a couple of really right. just stunning speedruns of this game. Mm. Uh, and... Um, yeah, so I, I've played it through a couple of times. I really enjoy uh, a lot of what it has to offer and uh, done some kind of 
not exactly research, but some uh, some peripheral watching with it as well. Cool, uh, Brian. Now I know you've uh, you've had a heck of a time playing this. Yes, one, right? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I did. I was a day one adopter of Resident Evil Seven because I was much like everybody else we've already talked about. My thoughts on six were pretty low. And I actually wasn't a giant fan of uh, Resident Evil 5, kind of the more action-y direction that the series had taken. No, and sure. So, Plenty of people felt the so same. So I, when I saw the demo, um, I downloaded the demo when it was available, played through that first hour or so, and I found myself doing something that I never really do with demos. I, I replayed it three or four times, just kind of scouring, looking mm. for secrets. I found that the antique coin, I'm like, well, what does this go to? And then it came out, you could carry that over to your playthrough, which for me was all I needed to kind of oh. get me to... Nice. To adopt it on day one, so I end up picking it up. Aren't on... there a couple of uh, different? Not sorry to no, interrupt, okay. but uh, aren't there a, a couple of uh, different endings or like ways that that demo can go yeah. as well? Yeah. So, so you could end up getting killed by the molded in in the basement. You could make it down there. You could end up killing the mold in the basement and getting out the the window of the basement, and then you could end up going through the attic. There was basically three endings, if I'm remembering it correctly, to the demo. Neat. And then they changed up just enough for when you started the game, so that it felt like eerily different but but um yeah um so i was really into it and it, it reminded me of what i really loved about resident evils two three and four so i picked it up day one and i i finished it two or three days later and then i literally hadn't touched it um for probably a year and a half until getting prepared for the show and i decided when getting prepared for this that i was going to take the plunge and i played through it and two of the four dlcs in vr leading up to this perfect <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't buy this day one, uh, I guess. Again, the usual modern thing with games sort of in the post Kane and Rince era is that uh, I don't buy that many games right as they come out anymore because normally I've got a, a huge plate of other things to play. Uh, some things, you know, get me excited enough to do that. But I think I waited until it was uh, in a sale, the, the sort of first wave of price drops, and then and then I picked it up. Probably could have left it longer. It was recently, of course, in a digital sale uh, for even less, but I bought the disc version at some point and saved it effectively. I think I, I, think I played through the opening section uh, nearer the time just to see what it, was, what it looked like, what it felt like, um, and I f- was a bit bemused by people saying that it felt like a return to the early games because it felt nothing like the earlier games to me um in tone or in gameplay uh, but we'll talk more about that uh, i then ended up playing the intro again in vr uh, around at jay jay taylor's uh, went up to liverpool quite recently and he was demonstrating psvr to me and that was one of the things we tried and uh, it was uh, it was cool but I think maybe something had gone wrong in the configuration, in the in the calibration, because it felt like I was a giant person in a tiny world. <laughs> so all the furniture looked really small, and uh, and it felt and it Ethan's kind of just that... really tall. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it did undermine the horror a little bit. Um, the molded looked like I, I didn't actually actually I didn't get as far as any molded, but um, anyway, uh, and also the yeah we were playing on a on a, a standard PS4 in VR, and I got to say the the graphical downgrade is substantial yeah. in this mode. The the it's the, not much yeah. better on a pro, honestly. In VR, yeah, or, yeah, right. VR. Oh, okay, um, yeah. So I've been playing it now through on the PS4 Pro in. I guess it's in the simulated checkerboard 4K. Is it that, that that's how PS4 Pros do pseudo 4K, mm-hmm. but in a in a supposed 4K ratio with HDR on, 
um, on a nice big screen. So yeah, I've played it from start to finish on normal, and also played the the free DLC. I did consider buying the other DLCs, but the season pass was still full price. So I made some inquiries with the team, said, is it worth it? And everyone said, well, we've played them, so you don't have to, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's probably not worth 25 yeah, quid. So yeah. um, so that was fine. Um, yeah. Baboon Baron is our first correspondent in this show. And the Baboon Baron says, like only the toughest of badasses, my dear mother bought me Resident Evil 7 for a Christmas present. By this point, the game had been out for a while and had been heralded as a return to form. I couldn't wait to finally play it. I wasn't disappointed. Within the first 30 minutes, I was actively bellowing with unadulterated delight at the gloriously grotesque body horror that veered from hilariously brutal to genuinely disturbing. As a horror fan and a Resi fan, I couldn't be happier as I tore through the short campaign, merrily declaring it contender for horror game of the year. The setting couldn't be further from the corporate roadkill of Resident Evil 6, drawing from a myriad of Hollywood horror as well as newer horror games such as Amnesia the Dark Descent, PT and even the creepier moments of Bioshock. Resident Evil 7 pitted the protagonist against a southern gothic family of mutated monsters among the rickety shacks, murky bios and imposing wet flora of the deep south, creating a true Louisiana nightmare you could easily lose yourself in. The graphics and the sound design supported this setting, with thick dripping viscera and the constant hum of blood-addicted mosquitoes creating a thick and cruel atmosphere. Graphically, the game delivers constantly, never detracting from its main aim of scaring the knickers off the player. It looked and sounded beautiful in crummy 1080p, and the VR option is whispered off in hallowed circles as the true way to get the most from the sound and graphics. However, the game is not without its flaws. It's tonally blunt, showing its three-chapter arc very clearly and lacking in all sense of subtlety. The character control is janky and frustrating, conjuring up memories of Silent Hill 2, where you wonder if this is poor character control, uh, whether it was a design feature or because of poor design. Similarly, the villain and the twist of the piece were disappointing, which were clear as day from the moment you meet the antagonists. I was disappointed that they fell into the horror trope of creepy wee girl, but by that point the game had stolen from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, House of a Thousand Corpses and Saw, so why not add the grudge for good measure? A small objection from a horror nerd, but still, after so many excellent ideas, it was a shame that the finale proved to be so lacklustre. But overall, this is a resounding return to form. The Resident Evil series has been reanimated so many times that we're left with just a skeleton, but those bare bones of horror, comedy, violence and camp shine through in this iteration. Most of all, it's terrifying. So to those who are yet to sample its delights, I would recommend brown trousers throughout. <laughs> so let's talk art. It's the first thing we see, the visual direction and the technical side. So uh, my overall thoughts were that it, yeah, it, it, it didn't look and feel like Resident Evil 1 or Remake to me. It had a, had a completely different mm -hmm. sort of sensibility. It's a very wet looking uh, yes, game. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, it looks damp. Um, I would say, yeah, like especially Squishy. on the on the PS4 Pro with uh, with everything cranked up as much as you can. Um, not sure if the Xbox One version is is even nicer. Haven't haven't been able to sample that, but uh, yeah, it's a, I, th I thought it's a pretty nice looking game. Not always. I think there are some textures and areas which are not you know not quite a, a state of the art. 
uh, territory, but certain certain um, locations and situations, I think the game looks really nice in. Um, but I did have this technical issue, and I don't know if it's because I was playing the disc version, although of course you you do install it uh, effectively most of the code to to the to the console anyway. Mm. But the amount of times I was starting areas and it was doing the old thing like think games like Halo Two and and Gears of War used to do, which is the um, you're you're seeing the the kind of the rudimentary under textures the geometry before, and everything yeah for for long yeah. periods before they actually kick in and really? i found that i know it might seem like a really picky point and a and a, a and a technical gripe but it, it did actually damage immersion for me because it, it mm-hmm. every time it happened it was like yep you're in a video game world yeah that's weird i, I don't remember seeing most of that in my yeah i didn't really I have that it. issue either uh maybe maybe hmm. I, it how do you feel about the game uh, just purely on a on a graphical, both art design and a, on, a, on a technical level, Leah? So I think that there's a little bit of a, a disparity between the variety of the environments and the variety of the enemies uh, mm-hmm. in that there is a pretty decent variety in the environments uh, from when you're uh, both, both of the houses that you go through as well as the the ship which uh, say what you will about the ship but it is a different environment and you do get some different kind Mm -hmm. of visual uh cues in there uh, Mm -hmm. for better or for worse so i think some of it's pretty effective in there and then some of it maybe not quite as much but uh the enemies tend to be pretty much the same uh just very slight variations on on a theme which makes sense from a story perspective, yep. mm-hmm. yes, because they're all kind of coming from the same source, right. mm-hmm. and you know, with with the exception of the bosses. But I don't know. I, I I liked the design of the enemies. It might have been nice to see a little bit more variety, but I'm not sure how exactly that would have worked. Um, but the the design of the ones that they did have was very squishy, very um, <laughs> effective. It wasn't just your standard zombies that you would think that you'd see in a Resident Evil game. Um, so I, I liked what they did with them. But yeah, again, maybe a little bit more variety might have been uh, kind of welcome there. Uh, as for the technical design, I didn't have a whole lot of issues with load-ins and um and and that uh i thought that it looked very good though uh on the whole um it it uh, the detail was nice and and it it just things like when you're walking outside in uh, the very beginning of the game when you're kind of walking up to the house and just the the outside forest and and you know just kind of the the woods that you're walking up in it just it looks really good uh and it's not a it's not as much of a gamey setting as for instance resident evil 6 often had (laughs) you know you're not outside in this kind of very carefully constructed maze it looks like a house that you would have you know animal keys aside (laughs) it looks like a house that could exist you know it it is closer to maybe the original Resident Evil in that a lot of it is about just kind of maneuvering through this one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's getting into a little bit of the gameplay as opposed to the visuals. But I, I think that it's pretty coherent from location to location uh, that way. So I, I, I appreciated that from this game. Uh, I played this game with the, the fancy schmancy Sony 
uh, high-end cans on almost exclusively with the the 3D sound and, and whatever on. Um, and yeah, it, uh, it did a pretty good job. And actually, although this game does have quite a number of fairly predictable well not predictable in the sense that you know when they're going to happen but predictable that they would be in there jump scares um actually it doesn't it didn't over alive for me on sudden loud noises Mm-mm. um it, no. it has a has a few moments but generally the the audio ambience is actually quite quiet and understated i would yeah. say but but quite effective for all that. Yeah, one thing I love that they do in this that I think they it's 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 the antithesis of what the series has done so far in that like what I would come around a corner and there would just be a mold there already. Like I'm sure at some point mm-hmm. I just missed the sound of it coming out of a wall or something. But there is no kind of um musical cue that kicks off. It's just there mm-hmm. and it's coming at me. And well, that no is enough music, to like really. freak me out. Yeah, there's barely any yeah. music at all. Yeah, very little. And, and yeah, very little. And so like I'm reminded of um, was it Resident Evil Zero when that that um, that guy that would keep coming back through every room and that, that like weird flute song would start playing like this really <laughs> stupid sounding. Uh, I didn't like that game, but um, uh, but it just reminded me of that. Like you know, there was always a kind of musical cue for some kind of monster that you would see, and then this one, yeah. not at all. So I think I like that about it. It was very restrained in yeah. that in that respect. Mm. It was very important to listen to things. Like this is not mm-hmm. the kind of game that mm-hmm. you could listen to that you could do with. Well, I, I guess you could, but it would be very difficult to play this game like with music on or with something mm-hmm. else on because Podcast you need yeah. to you need to be listening for those. Mm-hmm you know like this the squishy noises of things coming out of the walls or of things walking down the hallway mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you don't have those other super obvious audio cues um like yeah. you were saying mm-hmm. with the music uh, you don't have that so you kind of have to actually be doing what you would be doing if you were in one of these houses which is you got to be listening for things to be around the corner mm-hmm. you got to be listening mm-hmm. for things to be sneaking up on you and i i liked that a lot i you don't most games have a more pronounced soundtrack than this one does uh, or a pronounced score. And this just is so quiet in a lot of places that it's yeah. unnerving. And I think that it fits very yeah. well. Um, I thought that the design for like the molded, it worked specifically well in the tight corners and tight areas, which there's a lot of mm-hmm. um, the first time you really encounter a lot of uh, molded or zombies, whatever you want to call them. That when you we go down to the basement area, you're going down to get one of the, uh, one of the keys yep. mm-hmm. and you're trying to get to the is it the operation room or dissection room, but um, you kind of come around one corner and one comes out and you're you're a little bit used to that at this point, and then you just hear mm-hmm. from all around you, especially if you're wearing headphones, like left, right, behind you, just that <laughs> wet kind of sucking sound of them coming out of the wall, and you're like, oh, what do I, I don't, and then you're just surrounded instantly. <laughs> you got to kind of triage yeah. where those sounds are coming from. Okay, I'm gonna head over here. It sounds like there's only one over here. Mm-hmm. Deal with him, and then and then move forward. And I found that like really creepily effective both the first time I played through and, and the second time too. I think that's something about the design of the molded that I it's just they feel very organic like both in oh, yeah, the yeah. in their in their visual appearance and in the noises that they make it all just feels very that it, this this game is big on body horror and um, oh, yeah. that's yeah. something that I have always found particularly creepy um so yeah it I I thought that that fits uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the scenario and setting because I think it. My feeling is that the the game gets, uh, as Sean says, it gets weaker and less scary as it goes mm-hmm. on yes. for me. Definitely. And really, the the stuff that I was most into was the the early stuff with the bakers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and once they were mostly out of the picture, uh, the game was I found yeah less both less scary and less interesting yeah. because they they gave a humanity to the to the the antagonists. Yeah, you're you're really in the beginning of the game. You are really nailing all of the kind of basic fears that you would get in this kind of horror when it's you know utilized in movies because as you say there's you know the fear of like the kind of deep south working class type people there's little kids there's older people uh there's (laughs) you know dirt and kind of decay and yeah yeah, there's there's they hit a lot of those triggers uh and and pretty effectively uh i would say but then once you get away from that in kind of the ship section and towards the end it's not quite as i mean depending on what you find scary i mean because you still have you still have pardon me uh you know the kind of blood and guts type of horror which is more effective on some people than it is on others but you know you still have that but it's not it's not quite the same it it's more of a uh less of a psychological thing and more of just a visceral type of thing Mm -hmm. not that that doesn't exist in the in the beginning parts but it's 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 a tonal shift yeah yeah I should say that actually, you know, the the final showdown and encounter is actually latterly revealed as being with one of the bakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's it's kind of the twist in the tale. It's the baker that you maybe forgot about. Whereas at first you're terrified of this old elderly woman sitting oh, motionless, motionlessly in a chair and showing <laughs> up in different rooms without apparently ever moving from one yep. to the other. And you're that whole time you are thinking some point something's going to happen with this and then mm-hmm. i think it it did a good job of uh, i know uh, john on our team said he saw it coming a mile off but i thought it did a good job of selling me a dummy on that front in that i'd kind by the time i got to there i'd kind of forgotten about that whole mm-hmm. me too yeah yeah I, if I had sat down and thought about it, I probably, or maybe, I don't know, would have put those pieces together. Yes, but at the time, yeah. I thought it was just kind of a cheap, oh, look look where creepy grandma is now. Yeah. She's in the mm-hmm. basement or she's yeah. in the hallway. Uh, but it, And I think that that's one of those cool if you go back and look at the signs that are there because if you there's the one uh there's a couple of different locations that she can show up and i think that it's random or semi-random um but if you if you find her it was completely no i think i think it is oh was it uh, i think yeah the second time through i i think it was pretty much exactly the same my interactions with her Ah, because i thought that when i i I saw her in the basement both of my playthroughs but i thought it was at a different time the second time i could be wrong Mm. i I don't know but um i I do know that there are definitely locations that she specific locations that she will be and the Mm. one outside the uh save room kind of right where you get um the ability to go down inside Mm -hmm. if you're not actually looking at her like if you're coming up those stairs she will be humming this music Uh, and and, or just kind of making (laughs) the music it's, and then when you get up there it stops is it the go so, tell aunt roadie it is yes. it is that song, yeah. yeah and you find in um one of the uh scenes before um when you're kind of trying to get um your wife out of the basement there's a picture that you can pick up that has mm-hmm. a picture of her and it's got like mm-hmm. the code for the type of virus that she has on the back so they leave these little cues yeah. in places but mm-hmm. uh, you know, at, at the time, I think that I was just so unnerved by the rest of the game and just kind of soaked into that that I didn't yeah. quite get there. So it it completely worked on me. Uh, also, you can't aim at her uh, at yeah. any point. Yeah. You if you There's try no to aim a whatsoever. weapon at her, it will just automatically pull it back. And that's kind of which I wish you could because she was scared the crap yeah, out of me too. for the most part. Like <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, one thing I wanted to say, actually, on, on the, the inclusion of the, the folk song, Go Tell Aunt Rody, back on Sound of Play 89, I can't believe it was that long ago, I was lucky enough to spend uh, a good hour with uh, Michael Levine, Michael A. Levine, who worked on the various versions of that song for the game. And he actually shared an exclusive version with us, which was sung by his own daughter rather than the, the final vocalist, uh, Jordan Rain, who, who sings it in the... Uh, who sings it in the game but at that point when I interviewed him and when I heard about this you know I, I, I loved it I thought it was great but I hadn't played the game so mm. I didn't realize sort of actually it's quite a um, it's quite a uh, it's quite a subtle part of the overall experience it's not kind of although it's it's in there you know occasionally it just comes and goes it's not like it's not like uh, a massive recurring theme that is then explained to you at the end it's just the fact that this girl has this song and she you know she hums it sings it um, yeah. and whatever but yeah uh, check that sound of play out uh, it's good Michael Levine was a good guest uh, Sage plus Onion Knight from the forum says it goes without saying that in the end Resi 7 is nothing like PT or what Silent Hills would have been I was however pleasantly surprised at what the game itself was satisfyingly reminiscent in the early stages of a game that was a big part of my childhood Realms of the Haunting like that game, Resi 7 carefully combines the creepy, dread-filled atmosphere of its core location with the satisfaction and excitement that comes with gradually opening it up and being able to explore. Unfortunately, I do think the tone of the game mostly brilliantly maintains. Balancing eeriness, video-nasty schlock and sardonic humour starts to fall under its own weight towards the end, but I think ultimately it successfully combined the trademark silliness of Resident Evil with something more serious and, some could argue, even politically relevant, to which I refer loosely to the idea of corporate exploitation breeding an intense hatefulness within the American underclass. Ado Potato says, I was surprised and delighted with the direction Capcom took Resident Evil in in its latest reinvention. The referencing of the che uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and PT could be viewed as uh, cynical or unoriginal. I felt it injected some real menace into a series that was skewing a little too far towards farce. <laughs> and also, if you're going to steal, steal from the best, right? <laughs> and Steve Norman from the forum says I'd have loved it if this didn't have the word biohazard in the title and have been able to maintain the feeling of Texas Chainsaw inspired anxiousness that built up in the first few hours before the ooze started appearing I'd also have appreciated it being a few hours shorter but all the same it takes the series back to its horror roots even including a nice nod to the dogs jumping through the windows in the original it's a lovely looking game great attention to detail with surprisingly varied settings and happily the puzzles aren't too obscure the inventory system isn't too restrictive and the save points aren't too far apart we've been planning this series we've been we've been saying behind the scenes we obviously you know we're going to do the resident evil series for Kane and Rince at some point and I guess we've known about Resident Evil 7 being what it is for three or four years at this point. Mm -hmm. And I always felt, as soon as I saw anything about Resident Evil 7, that it didn't feel like a sequel to me. It mm -hmm. felt like either something different or a soft reboot. And yeah. I was, I'm was i still baffled when people say, like, it's a... Re like, I understand if people just mean it's a return to the horror roots in the sense that there is there are less... You know, it's less action-oriented. Yeah. Although, actually, the game becomes pretty much a first person shooter later in the game yeah, sure. um, especially that but, dlc oh boy yes yeah. does it ever. but it just doesn't like i i think it's got a great atmosphere of its own but it 
it, I don't know about. I mean, this is such a subjective like, thing, it but seven? it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a Resident Evil game to me. It feels like something is different. Like there are certain tropes. We'll get into what the gameplay keeps and what it rejects. Mm-hmm. But I would say there's far more that it lets go of than it retains from earlier oh, Resident Evil. Series. I have no uh, problem considering games. sequels to long-running series as as sequels if they're you know different in some way. Like I mean, I liked I sure. love Final Fantasy. Yeah. I love Persona. You know, but there yeah, are yeah. there. If you get to six and and are in that in that groove, you know, have have had the same characters or connected characters all the way through, and then you get to seven, and that's where you choose to make the break. That's a little <laughs> harder to stomach for right. me. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is so unlike six as well. Yeah, and it, and it's the numbered seven, but how yeah. many games have come with yeah. the Resident Evil brand on it? You know, like there's so many, like a this million. Is our ninth, this is our ninth. Yeah, yeah. This is our ninth po- uh, ninth mainline podcast, I guess. Right. Uh, but there's also the outbreak series and yes. Revelations Survivor and all, you know, there's like so yeah. many of them Zero and, and Code Veronica and yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. and Revelations yeah, just... and all that mm-hmm. but yeah so for whatever reason they felt was it a lack of confidence that they didn't call it something else obviously the, the IP is important in itself just in mm-hmm. terms of would it have sold 4 million 6 million units if it wasn't called Resident right. Evil probably not but could they have got away with just not referencing Umbrella or Chris Redfield's or Raccoon City at all and just left it would have would that have been more interesting if they'd finished the game with no sight of anything to do with the previous series that had gone before and just leave people kind of speculating about what the connection if anything might be mm. maybe uh on a on a on a, on, a, on a podcast like this it would have been interesting but i bet i'd you know how fan bases are they would have lost their mind if there was no kind of yeah. well, that's connection why they whatsoever sure. yeah. yeah i just yes. think that when they started introducing the resident evil-y you know characters mm-hmm. and information is yeah. that's the specific moment where i felt the game got much less interesting and mm-hmm. it's and yeah. that's to me shows kind of the problem with that third act and i know we'll get into that but when when I when I started realizing it was a Resident Evil game in the sense of the whole mm-hmm. scope of the series is when I kind of started going like oh really like and because I was just having because <laughs> when I was in the mansion with the Bakers I that first four yeah. hours of that game it probably is my first my favorite four hours of horror experience ever and then it just right. breaks in such a harsh way yeah. and, and 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 partly because it tries to associate itself with the past Resident Evil games. Yeah. I wonder, uh, and this is something that I would like to see, and I wonder kind of how they're going to handle this going forward. Um, I haven't followed any real news on where the Resident Evil series is going after this, but um, mm. I, I think that I might actually be more even into, and I, I've enjoyed Resident Evil games. I have not played all of them, but uh, the ones that I have played, I have more more enjoyed than not, with notable exceptions, see previous podcasts. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I... I Making it into kind of a horror anthology series almost would oh, yeah. be more interesting mm-hmm. to me. Like take more, uh, take more uh, varied locations and settings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and and if, American Horror Story style. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah. and I think that something like that could be really fascinating. And whether they made that the way that the series goes in a mainline direction or if it were maybe a side branch or something i i just i think that that could be really cool um i'm i like anthology horror and uh yeah yeah i think that would be uh, pretty cool mm. i don't i don't know if that's something that we can expect or not and i and i think that even in this situation there probably would have been a way to put 
the connections in that wasn't so kind of ham-fisted. Uh, it was a little too obvious and a little too clunky the way that they did. And and I'm not saying that I know what that way is. I, I certainly don't. But there might have been a more subtle way that felt like it fit a little bit better that room, to, to kind of put Umbrella in there or whatever you want. They have that room in the salt mines towards the end that might as well have a label on it that says exposition room. And you just walk yeah, yeah. in, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and it's just yeah. picture, file, picture, file. Like, here's <laughs> yep. the story of the yep. game. Here yeah. you go. It's like, uh, it was much more interesting when I was... In case you didn't get it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a paint-by-numbers version of the game, and, and which is fine. I, I'm glad they they want to explain it, but, I mean, that the way that it was presented would sell like, such a letdown to where it felt like it was going. Mm-hmm. And how did you guys actually feel about the the sort of overarching story of the game, the involvement of the bakers, the experiments on uh, the the child, the the fact that this massive ship ended up crashing in this swamp, um, the whole thing, <laughs> kind of the more I felt that the more was that was revealed, the less the less likely it all seemed. And I know it's Resi, Resi and it is yeah, it's called Resi. It's going to be 7, stupid, yeah. <laughs> but it 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 kind of it starts off intriguing and mm-hmm. yeah the more that yeah. the more that they let you in on the story the more that i just thought mm, <laughs> this yeah. this actually it, it, if they'd kept the presentation of six up this story would have made perfect sense in that environment <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what i will say is that uh, this is the one thing that i will say for the end of the story is that i found it surprisingly touching where mm. you when you talk to kind of pre-infection jack at the end mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he essentially tells you, you know, he, he kind of lets you know what has happened again. You know, it's a mm-hmm. little bit of an exposition-y thing. But, you know, and totally y- is, yeah. you kind of get that shot of them, of what it used to be like. And right. he asks yeah. you to save his family. And I, I mm-hmm. actually found that to be pretty uh, pretty effective for me. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Which is yeah, not something we've said about too many of the games in the series <laughs> yeah, this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly known for its uh, touching, subtlety yeah. and touching yeah. moments. <laughs> I think that might that might have to do with the quality of acting here. I think it's a little yeah. more um, professional in this yeah. game than it was in, in previous games. And and quality of the writing too. You know, yes. I know they were going for a much more you know, I think top to bottom this is probably the most western game that Resident Evil has made. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I know previously obviously they were emulating third-person shooting, you know, in, in, in the previous games, and, and obviously were super influential in that case. But this is the one that feels like... I. If you would have told me that this was made by a team in California or something, I, I wouldn't oh, have yeah. been surprised. Absolutely. All yeah. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Do they have developers? Which makes... <laughs> I'm Probably. sure they do. Um, which makes which makes the scripts and and the acting a little bit more relatable to us, I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a uh, it's not an all star voice cast, but no. uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's uh, Todd Soley plays Ethan, um, and Katie O'Hagan plays Mia Winters. Uh, these aren't necessarily people with you know with tons of credits that you'll go, oh, I know him from that or her from that. No Lindor but... does not do a voice in this game no. that I know <laughs> no. of. <laughs> but they are they are no, all people. Baker. Give or take one or two, they are mostly people with a who actually have their photo on on the IMDb and have done some stuff. Um, yeah, but there, I, I don't think anyone returns from previous games. So yeah, even yeah, Chris Redfield is a recast and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Ado Potato from the forum says, I also think that the way uh, this moves away from the established lore and familiar characters uh, was wise. 
wise decisions, they allow the game to better express its own identity and especially through the use of first-person perspective and a rather sketchily drawn protagonist allows the player to better inhabit the role they are playing. Yeah, Ethan's kind of a cipher in this um, for most Mm. of the game, I would say. Mm -hmm. You know he's there looking for his wife, but that's pretty much all you get out of Ethan. Um, And and that's a thing about first-person games in general is that oftentimes when they're done that way they will allow you to kind of project onto him a little bit so yeah that makes yeah, sense yeah i was he's the least thinking. charactery character of them yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i found myself thinking of the silent hill games in this regard you know there's mm-hmm. a there's a, obviously there's a big shout back to silent hill 2 in particular with the 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 fairly you know normal protagonist guy uh, going after somebody who he'd right, uh, who yeah. he believed to be deceased and, and uh, a partner oh as well. Oh my god, so. I never put that together. Wow. Really? All right. <laughs> yeah, that's so obvious uh, now. Also an idiot in the sense, not an idiot in the, the way that we, we said uh, Leon was an idiot in Resident Evil 4 for just generally being a goofball, mm-hmm. um, but an idiot in the sense that call the police. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, let's just go down in here. Yeah. Oh, my, my dead wife is calling yeah. me? Oh yeah, no, I'll go find yeah. her. He's even talking yeah. to someone There's on the this... phone at the beginning of the game yeah. and he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah yeah no she she totally She's sent back. me this email i'm i'm on my way to louisiana like why would you yeah. not say yeah. something here's this gigantic rotting corpse outside of this uh building here that's fine it's no worries and yeah. the one time he sees a cop yeah. in the beginning of the game he doesn't yeah. tell them anything about what's going on yeah, he just, just give, says, me, give me your gun yeah. <laughs> yeah, who's gonna yeah. do that the cop is not gonna yeah. give you his gun oh, I forgot about that. that's really yeah, dumb. Then he, but then he does give him a knife which even he then does. you know and Funny part was, I already had a gun by that point in my second playthrough because you unlock Uh a gun that is in your chest. So here's Ethan pleading with the cop to give him his gun. (laughs) Meanwhile, I've got one literally in my belt here. I could have shot the cop. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. No, And but the thing is, I know we're sort of joking about it and we understand that most horror films have some kind of why are they doing that yeah because yeah, yeah. you need sure. them but yep. the, each one layered upon another again it all adds up to the well this story's stupid mm-hmm. and if you have enough of those mm-hmm. it's it, it can take yeah, you out of it, it somewhat. Does, yeah. in the same way as mo- like horror movies that have a convincing setup are generally more effective than the ones that have loads of caveats of you just got to suspend your disbelief that these guys are this stupid or they don't understand or they don't say the right thing to the right person at the right time uh matins vice says uh, i loved how quiet resident evil 7 was at moments when the tree beards spawned in the corridors (laughs) and wandered around there was no score to support the drama and the thrill of the sequence they just spawned quietly and moved gently towards Mm. me like the zombies did in the first game Somehow it felt pleasantly unscripted, although I know it was. It felt like an environment that also existed without my interference instead of a scene that was set up for me. I also found the antagonists, or whatever they turned out to be, well-crafted. I somehow felt sympathy for Jack when he was doing donuts with his car in the garage, laughing at me while I was (laughs) shooting at his face. Jack actually enjoyed getting hurt. I enjoyed getting yelled at by Marguerite even though I disliked what she hides under her skirt... We'll talk about that. And Lucas's happy birthday song stayed in my head for days. On the other hand, I didn't really care for the protagonists. After Mia had chased me with a chainsaw, I have had it with her. and eventually mm-hmm. gave Zoe the serum, which led me to the bad ending. But, I'm, uh, but fortunately, I didn't care for Ethan either. I agree about the, bar- the part with Mia, actually. By the time... Yeah, uh, yeah. Y- <laughs> I don't think that they do a good enough job 
And I, I'm not sure how they could have, but I don't think they do mm. a, good, a good enough job building up why you should care about Mia before yeah. she's actually, you know, trying to murder you. So I, I did not give Zoe the serum because, but but Ethan has a line right after you take off uh, where I think she's thanking you or something. She, and, and he basically says, well, who else was I going to give it to? Like he's, he's well, fed yeah. up with her too, you know, but she's still his wife. So yeah, it only makes sense for him to give it to her, but yeah. I, I was just gonna say I totally agree. Like, it's it, it just I didn't care about her whatsoever. But and and you know, you can tell from the second that you you reconnect with her that something's wrong. The way she's walking around sure. being all weird. Yeah. So you don't you don't ever get to see her normally. I guess I guess until you know way later in the game when it's honestly too late to care about her at that point. I actually did the same thing as Matt and Zvi when I played it the first time because I I felt the same way. I got to the dock and I gave Zoe the serum, thinking that I was gonna get the good ending. <laughs> You know, because this is the right. one that helped me get through everything. Help me, gonna help me save everything. And then I get to the right, end, I got the yeah. bad ending. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. Other than a trophy or an achievement and a slightly different cutscene, is there? I don't anything hanging. No, on because that? and we'll get to this, I'm sure. But even when you get to the ship section, you still play as Mia. As a, a Mia, yeah, yeah, regardless exactly. yeah, yeah, of what yeah, makes you no sense. So but. the first time I played it, actually, was kind of again immersion breaking. When you know, I save Zoe, I bring her along. And then, you know, the boat, everything happens with the boat crash, and, yeah. and we're there. And all of a sudden I look in the reflection, I'm Mia. I'm like, but I just left Mia back. It didn't, it didn't add up. Right. Let's talk actual gameplay. Now, the first thing I wanted to do was invoke uh, our regular correspondent, K-Sub-Zero from the forum. It should, I, I should praise this by saying that K-Sub-Zero is not a fan of this, or I should say he's not a fan of the direction that Capcom took with this sequel, although... Uh, I think his overall take is that it's not a bad game in and of itself, but it's not absolutely not what he wanted from a Resident Evil game. But mm. this is a useful list of checkpoints because uh, I was thinking of doing something along these lines. And we can see maybe we don't agree with all these if this isn't uh, black and white facts as yeah. regards to what uh, K-Sub-Zero thinks that were retained and uh, issued for this sequel. So, elements from the standard Resident Evil formula present in this game. Save room music, key items, weapon variety, files, and short-term puzzles. And on the other list of elements from the standard Resident Evil formula not present in RE7, and by the way, this is not to say that in our minds, a Resident Evil game has to have all the elements. Right, this is yeah, just an observation. Yeah. Omnipresent soundtrack even outside of save rooms and boss battles. Memorable protagonist design. Tangible threats and narrative elements. Distinct visual language. Need for orientation and memorization. Long-term puzzles. Strategic combat with a focus on positioning and dodging. Enemy variety. Reliable enemy AI. Built-in challenge or speedrun potential. And finally, unlockable modes with enormous replay value and a high skill ceiling. I don't well, think I agree with all of those. Yeah, me either. No, I don't think I do either. It doesn't. It do definitely doesn't have the last one. Um, it doesn't really have uh, unlockable modes, but it does have some free DLC, I suppose, which you could mm -hmm. sort of fulfill. I mean, it doesn't fulfill the high skill ceiling score attack boss, but the the Chris DLC is effectively a kind of is the kind of thing that you would have unlocked in an early Resident Evil game, isn't yeah. it? It's the it's the get from one place to another and shoot stuff mode. So <laughs> I suppose that the, I think the thing in terms of visual language that I think is obviously the most different is the change from third person to first person. Yeah. And I think, and again, this is partly uh, sort of 
caveated by the fact that I've played nine Resident Evil games in a row in the space of 12 <laughs> months. So, But I kind of think maybe both the two kind of ways that they approached these games before, if you're talking about the fixed camera stuff and then mm-hmm. the third person over the shoulder action stuff, I think they'd kind of done that. So yeah, to me, it makes sense the that they thing. moved on to something else. Like mm-hmm. maybe they don't stick with it forever. But for now, observing current tastes and trends that actually mm-hmm. a first person game is another way to do yeah. something. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and if what you are looking for, and this is what I'm sure some people were looking for, is a continuation that is more along the lines, just kind of straight along the lines of the Resident Evil series up to this point, then that could be, I can see where that would be maybe a bit disappointing. Uh, sure. And that seems like it might kind of be a little bit more where K-Sub-Zero was coming from yeah. in, in making yeah. that list there. Not not to say that I think he's, you know, just saying, well, if it's not this, it's then it's bad. That's that's not no, it. Sure. But in this, in this particular situation, I think that maybe it suffers with some people, kind of like we were saying before, by having the Resident Evil name on it. Yeah. Yeah. At least as a numbered yeah. entry, and I think yeah. I think a lot of plenty of fans were upset with four, right? Yeah, because it oh it yeah, such, such a uh, huge different. Uh, yeah, the fact that it was yeah generally considered and not by everyone again, but by a lot of people as as you know a kind of action horror masterpiece, mm-hmm. kind of I mm-hmm. think one people round. But maybe this game doesn't have enough of the magic of that to win the the, the skeptics over yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. I agree with a, no, a lot of the no things. Leon. A lot of things he put on his list. Um, <laughs> Like, uh, like when I finished the game originally, and part of the reason I didn't pick it up for a year and a half is I finished the game and I was waiting for the game to give me the rank of how I did. You know, did I get it? Ah. Did, I, did I get a C? Did I get a B? What was my ammo uses like? And mm-hmm. it just ran out little credits. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I didn't. I, I always felt the pull from the the older Resident Evil games to to try to get that S rank. It gave me a reason to go back through, mm-hmm. see things I hadn't seen mm-hmm. before, find a weapon I yeah, might have missed. Sure. And, and this really didn't have any of that. Um, mm. so the they're the elements that that w- weren't present in this one, um, while I agree and disagree with some of the things on the list, they're all they, they're definitely valid concerns for people who enjoyed the particular formula that had been the Resident Evil series up to this point. So if you bought in, yeah. if you yeah. bought in saying, "Hey, this is the new Resident Evil game," you didn't get mm. n- maybe everything you were looking for. So I could see the disappointment. Yeah. Although I do, yeah, you beat the game and like, where the hell is Mercenary? Yeah, mode? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's gone. Um, but I don't. I also d- d- to say one of the things I disagree with though is that I don't think Resident Evil has ever truly had, aside from Resident Evil Four, a- any real memorable protagonist design. I couldn't. Um, I don't think it's ever been particularly inspired. But that's just my personal take. Mm, mm. Not a Barry I fan. Su- no. <laughs> no, I'm not a Barry fan. I get. I mean, those characters have become iconic. But whether that's because of the character design or because the games right, they were yeah. in became so right. so famous, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, scripts, but yeah, yeah it's a, a very subject, subjective matter. Like I never like. I always thought Wesker was just I was a just, rubbish. Character. I was just about to say if, mm-hmm. but some people, if I never hear anybody angrily whisper Wesker again, I'm fine. Like I'm good. <laughs> you know, I do not need yeah. that in my life anymore. <laughs> No, totally. Um, so I suppose the key thing, uh, I, I would say the, the most important element on this list, I think, is the strategic combat with the focus mm-hmm. on positioning yeah. and dodging. Now, I would say that the fact that you've talked about speedruns and and so on suggests that there is this this game is designed in the same way as those earlier ones with mm-hmm. an amount of optimizing your path through the game. Yeah. And I would say, like, I, I actually, like, I don't think the combat here is anything like as sophisticated as Resident Evil 4 or Dead Space. No. Right. But in terms of it being 
like going back i've played those early games this year and the combat and dodging is really really simplistic in those earlier games um <laughs> and i think here it's if anything slightly more thoughtful and uh but but it, it, it yeah i mean talking about fighting the molded it's it's a fairly um kind of basic shambling zombie oh, yeah. shooter they just walk towards game. you yeah i don't remember. i think that a lot of that may also depend a little depend on um kind of how what difficulty you're playing on just and uh, yeah, not just yeah. in this game but in the others as well sure um true. like i played on easier difficulties uh mostly easy and some normal and mm-hmm. you know it's yeah you it can it can definitely come down to let it come at you block shoot it in the head twice yeah. you know it's it's mm-hmm. it, but i i imagine that if, if you get into higher difficulties or just if that's the way you like to play you can make it mm. more about your positioning or about your um just kind of how you deal with it um i didn't really do that i mostly just just blocked and shot things in the head but uh, it's just the first person is just a different it's 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 a different presentation presentation of a of a similar concept but the old you know the thinking about the classic resident evils you know even the much beloved masterpiece in in most people's eyes that is the remake the 2002 game um that you know yes the corridors are exactly the right right width for you to be able to potentially Mm -hmm. you know weave your way through and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and maybe that isn't so much the case here maybe these encounters are designed to be encountered every time although actually there were some rooms that i ran through um and there are some options to stun things um and uh, knock them down and then move on is this Um, the only resident evil game mainline resident evil game so far in which the protagonist is kind of just a dude like everybody else is either a stars member or a police officer or something but there's that i I mean maybe there's something to ethan that they just aren't saying but i i I think this is is there any other entry up to now that is really just kind of that yeah i don't think so no no that's again where the silent hill yeah uh, connection came from thinking back to those the early games in that series in fact all of the games in that series really (laughs) Literally, obviously, the controller inputs that you are making in mm-hmm. a first-person game are different. You are you know, using the uh, the the modern standard first setup of stuff, yeah, yeah first-person mm-hmm. shooter setup. Left now, click to I, run. I would, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and again, I would say, in terms of like, this is not super sophisticated first-person shooter fodder. Mm-mm. But I don't. Yeah, as I say, to my mind, the actual the mechanics of shooting the enemies in this game are, are no less interesting and in fact you have to you have to actually you have to think more about aiming in this game than mm-hmm. you did in in the classic uh, yeah. resident evils um, not not the not four and five that's that's similar um but yeah so i don't know i mean i i certainly did not find the combat such as it is in this game as utterly engaging as i did in four no no but definitely not but I didn't, uh, but yeah, I didn't think really it just seemed to be a similar conceptually and in terms of difficulty and, and requirements and, and whatever. I, there is, a, I guess there is a lack of enemy variety. That that would be an issue. Like there, there are three types of shambling mud man, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, that, I even noticed that in the some of the flavor text there, there there's a suggestion that they're um, fungus based as well so there's even a last of us kind of yeah. nod going yeah. in there as well i could think that you could even say um, there's a lack of enemies period i mean for the first three four hours of the game you might you might only have a fight i mean 
half dozen to a dozen of them. I mean, it's really yeah. it, mm-hmm. it, for for a long, good long while there. They're few and far between. It ramps up towards the end. That's but, a throwback as well, yeah. isn't it? To the polar to opposite of six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Case of zero says uh, continues short list of grievances. <laughs> the puzzles are solving themselves. The combat manages to be both insultingly shallow and tedious. The enemy variety is somewhat lacking. The map spoils your destination and objectives so as to deflate any need for orientation and mental planning. There is hardly any music. The bosses are pure set pieces and the item management is borderline non-existent. Last but not least, the constant first-person presentation robs the series of its signature visual language and introduces unskippable first-person cutscenes, which are quite possibly my least favourite storytelling technique in video games. Resident Evil 7 has almost no direction to speak of because it tries to bluntly emulate the kind of sensorial experience that the old Resident Evil games knew how to imply without sacrificing mechanical interaction in the process. Horror, much like comedy, benefits from subtlety and restraint. The classic Resident Evil games work as horror for the same reason Portal does as comedy, because they're carefully constructed action puzzle hybrids within a genre-themed setting. The horror elements are merely the delicious sauce that adds flavour to the experience. They aren't the entirety of the meal. That's why Resident Evil 7 is so shallow. It's all spice and no fibre. It's all boo and no eureka. So I agree with a lot of the things in the first paragraph. The funny thing is that I don't see most of them as actual detriments. No, well, this is in, you know, Camille says horror, much like comedy, benefits from subtlety and restraint. Now, I tend to agree with that, but there are loads of people who love completely uh, unsubtle sledgehammer to the face, gross out horror and comedy and... Yeah, this is yeah, definitely I, not subtle. I I, I give him that yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. But I, I don't. I don't yeah, yeah, I mean, it. I think that this is a pretty good mix, actually, because there, there I, I say that it's not subtle. And for the most part, it's not. But there are a few sections, mostly in the very early stages of the game, where it is kind of um, yeah. or it has moments of that. It, it does mm-hmm. tend more towards the, the, the grossness for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, there's some lightning cracks and, you know, yeah. and tapping on windows and all that, yeah. you know, classic and, stuff. And also, if you want cerebral horror, like you're in the wrong series like this has never (laughs) been the really like get under your skin kind of horror stuff it's It's always always, been zombies and heads exploding and silly stuff you know it's always been action oriented like it's definitely had it always had its creepy moments yeah of course uh, intention over over the moon intention with the four you know stuff like that really over ever since the second game where you know we started getting the insane mutations mm-hmm. of birkin mm-hmm. it was it was ramping things up to a massive exploding zombies and action sequences mm-hmm. um yeah I, so i actually think this game probably maintains the kind of creep a bit longer than yeah. than some of the other games in the series personally it seems like maybe um one of his uh kind of main issues is that the puzzles don't have a whole lot of depth which no. that i get and i do agree yeah, with that yeah, um but definitely. I, I think for me, I think this was better in that regard, uh, but I I do understand, like, for me, some of the earlier Resident Evil games could get a little frustrating rather than mm. enjoyably complicated, uh, I, I, and that wasn't always the case. Uh, th- there's probably a, uh, a, a good balance to be struck there, and this might not have done that. It, it did for me, but that's because I was looking for something different, I think. And I, I would I would argue that that puzzle-solving... Uh, kind of uh, the elaborate puzzle solving was abandoned long ago at Resident Evil 5 I would say um, or, or, I would say sure. even earlier yeah, oh yeah maybe even earlier <laughs> than that but it just 
Like I, it hasn't been. I think there's a real danger of rose-tinted spectacles with with hum, human beings. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I, it was literally, you know, it was twelve months ago, almost not quite, where we were talking about Resident Evil One, covering it for this podcast for the first time, having played it through a number of times over the years, and it has puzzles in it which are literally, do you want to solve this puzzle? Yes yeah. or no? <laughs> Press button. Yeah. Um, and yeah, okay, they all had like we we commented on every single show of the classic Resident Evils to to use shorthand, there was nearly always one puzzle in those games that was a kind of, right, the game stops now for five minutes or ten minutes, or depending on how quickly you click with the puzzle, while you work it out, like filling a power meter or a water gauge or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, working out a with a with a sort of set of rules, there's, you know, formulas. But as we said, Resident Evil 1, the most complex puzzle in the game is to create a, a chemical formula the the answers on the yeah. wall in yeah. the room. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm not buying this. This you know, it, it, this is not. Um, we covered the room trilogy mm-hmm. on yeah. on the po- now. That's an intricate set of puzzle puzzles. Game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm, I'm not. I I don't think the puzzles here are particularly any less sophisticated than than is the normal for the series. I don't think they ever want people to be particularly yeah. stuck. Uh, so inventory management, obviously has usually been a thing we talked about how again that was something that was stripped out of five and six some mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people myself included loved the the attache case of four yeah. um and yeah obviously the of best. the classic resident evils having the item slots and the item chests was a big part of the mm-hmm. uh, the the actual you know time and motion management of the game and mm-hmm. in this game you have got the magical item chest back and in fact there's there's a bit where where you take back control of Ethan from Mia, uh, the, after she's <laughs> handed you this one key item in the game in a cutscene, yeah. it then just puts you back and says, "Oh, you've got all of Mia's items." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which from I years ago. Clumsy. Here's yeah. a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slightly weird that. But um, yeah. yeah, the there there were. I think there was only one point in my entire playthrough where I ran out of inventory space. Yeah. Yeah, I think they space out things just enough to where you don't hit it too often. Happened to me in the house. Yeah, the uh, experience. Somebody, uh, one of the correspondents earlier mentioned that the uh, that the save rooms are pretty well spaced, or you Mm -hmm. know, at least that there's not very much room, but or they're very uh, extensive Mm. periods between them. So there's, I I think that it's it's um, pretty, it's pretty well. figured out as to how you can get back to another one if you should be running into issues with your uh with your yeah uh, and there space. are checkpoints mm-hmm. too so it's not yeah. just about where you last save not on not on non-matters yeah. and, and also there are inventory own. upgrades so by the end yeah. you have oh, yeah. a lot of space <laughs> lots of extra the only time space. i remember yeah. running out completely was when we were i was building the flamethrower in marguerite's place because you uh, just kind of had little item after little item here and there but those mm-hmm. those spots were few or if you're trying to get the shotgun also yes. that because the shotgun takes up two spaces yep. and you need to have two shotguns Correct. in your inventory yeah. at once yeah. and mm. so on and so on i thought yeah. the the quick select stuff was great i mm-hmm. thought yes. you know, yes. moving stuff around like in the that. in in the case was good and the the, the four points on the d-pad there's a quick heal button. different weapons mm-hmm. yeah quick heal you can have um yeah on the on the r1 uh yeah, I think there were a couple of times when I accidentally loosed off a shot when I should have been sw- swapping ammo types. Um, but overall, I thought the the controls were pretty slick mm-hmm. and streamlined. Skill settings wise, so yes, the I guess the key thing 
that I know about is that on Madhouse difficulty, you have to find cassette tapes. So by default yeah. now, whereas, of course, famously in the old Resident Evil games, you had to find ink ribbons for your typewriter. Now you have to find uh, cassettes for your cassette recorder, except on normal difficulty, you don't. You've got infinite yep. saves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, I almost, I don't know. Like again, I understand why they made that decision, but I think I still would have preferred them to limit the saves on normal difficulty. Maybe yeah. give you plenty, but just yeah. it adds that extra bit of tension, doesn't it? Yeah, and and, and unlocking it in Madhouse, like I, I, I kind of get the mentality behind it, but at that point, you know, you've beaten the game already, and assuming you just fire it back into Madhouse, like you already got the the layout of the house in your mind, like you know. Or, or at least the, the difficulty, like, you know, like where to expect what. And that's kind of like the tension of playing it for the first time and having those mm. limited saves is thinking like, oh man, I really need to, you know, hang on to these. Whereas in Madhouse, like you kind of like, you, you pick them up and like, you know when to use them basically, which does kind of takes away from it. Soft checkpoints. Yes, it does. That's the other thing too. Like it doesn't, Not it doesn't frequent, set you all though, the way I back. Believe. Yeah, yeah, but like still on like I think on boss battles, if you die, it'll start you right before it or something mm. like. If I, okay. I, I might be wrong on that, but I, I'm pretty sure. Concessions to the modern gamer, as we like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But again, you know, the, I have mixed feelings about these things because I do understand the the satisfaction that comes with beating really tough games and the the sort of the 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 purest mentality of old school game design. But equally, I'm 46 years old. I have a job. I have a partner. You know all that stuff. I need to be able to stop when I need to be able to stop. And so sometimes, yeah, those sort of sacrifices have to be made or whatever. Uh, one of those things. Rich Uncle Skeleton from the forum says, For me, Resident Evil 7 initially felt like a betrayal, not because of any resentment towards its first-person perspective or a longing for the block-pushing puzzles of yesteryear. Yeah, good point about the block-pushing pu- puzzles there. <laughs> uh, yes. But because it appeared to have ratcheted up the horror beyond the comfortable monster movie camp that the games have always seemed to embrace. I didn't cotton to jump scares, but felt I'd be doing myself a disservice by missing out on this game entirely because of them, so I took the plunge. What I appreciate most about Resident Evil 7 is that it doesn't waste your time, although there is an argument to be made that the player should be able to skip the longer scripted sequences during subsequent playthroughs. I never found this to be a deal breaker, and at no point felt that the experience was padded by the busy work of shaking every door to see if it needed a diamond key or a spade. Unlike the bloated blockbuster that was Resident Evil 6, this is a short game, something I appreciate more and more as I get older, and it seems entirely comfortable with its brevity. The narrative is guided by an ever-present sense of menace and urgency, which prevented let's-find-the-plot moments from cropping up too often. The Baker family served as a perfect centrepiece for each arc of the game. Ethan may be a forgettable milk toast, although I maintain that no Resident Evil game has had an interesting protagonist, but Jack, Marguerite and Lucas and their respective haunting grounds more than made up for it. This is a series whose creators clearly have more fun with the villains than the heroes, and Resident Evil 7 is no exception. Sure, they're a hodgepodge of horror tropes, but the Baker's voice actors seem to be having so much fun that it didn't matter. (laughs) I enjoyed every minute of flop sweat spent running from them. As much as I cannot deny that the game's last couple of chapters struggle to maintain the same energy as the first few hours, Resident Evil 7 never wore out its welcome for me, and as soon as the credits rolled, I dove right back into the Baker estate, a few more times in fact. Currently, my record is about three hours. Might be time to finally take a stab at Madhouse difficulty. Uh, yeah, so you can upgrade yourself a little bit in this game. Mm-hmm. There are a small 
number of uh, overall health upgrades um so yeah the the upgraders uh, upgrades are probably worth going for as i said i didn't have i think i you know i died a few times over over the game on normal and a normal difficulty probably about a similar amount to i would expect to on a resident evil game like enough to be to make it tense but not too much that i just thought i'm not playing this anymore and as i said uh, yeah we, i guess we've talked about but yeah ha, ha, it is an important thing because ultimately it's what you end up spending a lot of the time doing is aiming and shooting. Mm. And uh, yeah, it felt good enough to me. Like it sat and it sounded good enough. Like mm. the, it wasn't like I was in love with the, the look and feel of the shooting and the sound of it, yeah. but it was fine. It's like, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't weak. It was adequate. Yeah, the, the shotgun yeah. feels good. That's a big thing for me. Shotgun yeah. does feel good. When you, when you hit that shotgun, yeah. you do a headshot and explode like that. That felt, Felt decent, you know, and that's normally enough to mm -hmm. get me yeah. through. Alex seventy nine UK from the forum says the game is easily one of, if not the scariest game I have ever put myself through. There were several occasions where I'd had to pause the action, trying to muster up the courage to go on. The haunted house section in the child's bedroom sent literal shivers down my spine and left me a clammy, sweating wreck. I played almost the entire game in the dark with 7.1 headphones and the audio was exemplary. Every creak, every closing door behind me and every groan made me jump. This was an absolute masterclass in horror, I think. I've read a lot of talk about it not feeling like a Resident Evil game, but I have to disagree. Once you pass the opening couple of hours and find yourself well-armed and facing different kinds of locked doors, I think it follows the standard Resi formula to a T. It even had a story which was far easier to follow than the usual convoluted mess the series is famous for. There are a few low points in the game. None of the boss battles were particularly enjoyable, and the final couple of areas seemed really generic and had none of the atmosphere of the earlier stages. But all in all, this is a fantastic game and one I am so pleased I stuck with. Ever since I played 10 minutes of the demo, I decided, nope, this isn't for me. So quite what possessed me to buy the full version, I have no idea. Perhaps there's a little bit of Everline in all of us. <laughs> yeah, let's talk boss fights. We've just talked about the, the standard uh, combat. So, yeah, the first one, Jack, uh, as we've said, it's uh, you, although you start off with the... Uh, just by trying to knock him and stagger him with, do you with regular weapons? You've got those. Um, you I remember running around yeah, in a circle and kicking, yeah. hanging things at yeah. him, and you have to get him <laughs> annoyed to a point that he, uh, goes and gets this kind of jaws of death mm -hmm. contraption, uh, and that's the point where you nab a chainsaw and continue to run in small circles <laughs> and um, uh, like I find silly, it quite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I found it quite intense, but actually, um, and I think this was something Jacob from the team mentioned. There's there's a bit of a lack of feedback from Jack. Actually, yeah, uh, like there was, there yeah. are some blood splatters, but you're not really getting a strong sense until he till he goes down and his yeah. bulging flesh sack appears that you're actually hurting him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's I mean, it, blood splatters are one thing because I mean, this is this is actually not the first fight. This is the this is you've already fought him once at this point and seen <clears> him. Point shoot himself in the head yeah. so I, <laughs> very good point on one on, hand yeah. i think that it's almost understandable that there's not that much feedback because we've already seen what he can do to himself and come back from it mm -hmm. but on the other hand gameplay wise it is frustrating to not really have yeah. that um because he is definitely doing some damage to you anytime he hits you yeah. and you don't really know kind of when he's gonna mm -hmm. when he's gonna drop or what what you have to do to him in order to make him stop completely mm. so the wayward errant 
son who's actually the one who was maybe always a little bit unhinged based on the flavor text files that you mm -hmm. find <clears throat> mm -hmm. he was perhaps you know the the bad seed of the family um you don't actually get to finish him off unless you play the chris dlc yeah so yeah marguerite Miss, mrs baker that's uh, a tough fight yeah at least i thought it no, was i think so too i think it yeah. goes back to the lack of feedback too because I mean, you're shooting does, her, yeah. and, and there's a lot of flamer fuel around, so it's really encouraging you to use the flamethrower. But I never mm. got a real good sense of whether what I was doing was damage or was she in an animation window where she was being hurt? Am I actually causing her damage? Mm -hmm. Am I wasting ammo? Um, mm -hmm. But I, yeah. least, I at least like the arena setting of that boss fight a little bit more. You know, she'd come up to the second floor, you'd hop down to the first and kind of try to get behind her. She'd yeah. pop out and scare you. So. You have more room to maneuver yes. for sure. Yeah. And on a visual standpoint, she is the worst. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. so gross. Yes. Oh, yes. She has her and own that... bulging flesh sack, and it's in a very yeah. unfortunate location. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of the it's least pleasant amazing. things I've ever played. Um, yeah. I, there, is a, there is a word for, for fear of female genitals. Um, and mm. obviously, it's definitely a thing for a lot of people. Um, and this really plays on this, yeah, this sort of idea. This This woman becomes this... Kind of effectively like a spider woman that gives birth to bees to flies, or, or, flies yeah. or bees yeah. or or hornets or whatever, whatever and yeah are, she yeah. has this you know really yeah like just absolutely it's incredible giant yeah. gross um like wasp's nest pustulant thing mm -hmm. where her her lady parts should be and mm -hmm. uh, uh yeah it is really one of the gnarliest things i've seen in in game or film yeah. the way um, that she moves as well is mm. is just disturbing yeah. it's not yeah. it's not how we are used to yeah. seeing people move uh, it mm -hmm. is more of an insectile or yeah. almost it's like this, yeah, the famous uh, spider walk or crab walk from the exorcist yeah, yeah. from the exorcist right. yes yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh yeah it's unpleasant and uh, i don't like and it <laughs> there's also a, there's also the the giving birth element as well because if you if mm -hmm. you leave her to her own devices for a bit she goes off and starts to yeah give birth to more insect helpers yeah. but she does it in in a way that you know you it makes sure that you know that she's going yeah, through you can hear it later. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah it's gross yeah it's memorable and yeah. one of the things i often often say about stuff as especially as you get older i think um you've seen so much of so many mm -hmm. different things you've seen so much horror you've seen you know so many so many different things done so many times that it it takes something and i guess sometimes this is where kind of overt stuff uh has a part but also it's sometimes it's just doing something a bit different but in this case mm -hmm. and i remember you know i remember uh, describing deadly premonition as being a memorable game um and and when so many things are so easily forgotten i think uh, that whole section is not one yeah. so <laughs> just yeah. by, by that token alone it yeah i i give it I give it credit, even if it isn't mm -hmm. like the best playing thing ever or the yeah. you know, the most yeah. exciting fight in a video game. It had enough elements where I was completely like, Wah, Wah. <laughs> which is what yeah. you want from a horror game, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To, yes, the final showdown in the house, which uh, for me was uh, the ghostly apparition kind of chasing, mm -hmm. chasing from room to room, a little bit disorienting. And uh, it ends up with, yeah, um, <laughs> massive head coming out of the house. Yeah, so I, I thought that if, so just to kind of spell it out, 
you you do this kind of chase around and and you end up um with child evelyn who is trying to push you back you kind of push your way up to her mm. you stab her with the antidote and she or wait wait, wait does she turn into uh she turns into older evelyn first older yep. evelyn, yeah. yeah and yep. then you stab her with the antidote she kind of melts and then she comes back as a giant face now, <laughs> if she had, if it had just been she turns into old Evelyn, you stab her, she melts, game over. I think I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily yeah. need a big climactic boss fight, mm-hmm. and I understand that they had to have a way to bring in the cavalry, which is what happens. You know, you. you oh sure, you, yeah. You then yeah. they get, were on their uh, way anyway, though. But yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't I don't think that this was necessary and I think that it was kind of silly and I think that it undermined what actually is Everything. the interesting part of the story yep. for me so mm-hmm. yep. yeah it was yeah. dumb <laughs> Yeah I wonder, is there anyone out there who can who can justify the giant no, I mean, face yeah. no. and it's also like super easy just shoot the thing in front of yeah. you like there's nothing I think it is it timed or is it just how much damage you yeah, do I think you, you don't actually much damage in no, yeah, you have to know. survive yeah. until they drop the, yeah. the yeah. Albert gun yeah. I don't yeah, know what it's actually Albert called but... gun. Yeah, that's, what, that's what it is yeah. it is yeah. it's, it's like the Albert 01 or something which I have been carrying the entire game in this playthrough because <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, throw you another unlock one. it and it's in your it's in your chest yeah. at the beginning of the game once you finish the game once. So like I've already yeah. been carrying this for a while. I could have just mm-hmm. shot her with this from the beginning, but I guess not. Could have shot everything. Yes. With Albert. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The the waiting for waiting for a colleague to drop a, a final <laughs> killing weapon is obviously yeah. a, a, a series mm-hmm. staple. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, just such a yeah the like even if you were one of the people who spotted the the twist coming that it was actually you know the the baker granny all along mm. kind of thing like even just the effect you know the end of that being the end would have just been quite mm-hmm. effective whereas it just goes into pure silly video game land and like, okay have yeah. him have him you know sitting there holding the corpse or like staring mournfully at the pile right. of goo and then everybody swarms in <laughs> yeah. with their hazmat suits or whatever and that's the end instead of yeah. instead of face monster <laughs> yeah. it was so dumb i just dumb. I can't yeah, yeah. Mm, shame oh yeah. well again like who yeah who is who is truly to blame? Is it gamers for expecting these things, or is it designers <laughs> and developers yeah, for probably yeah. keeping <laughs> serving I them was, up? Yeah, I was okay. going to say something very similar to that, and the fact that if there was no final confrontation at all, the, people would have problems. Yes, exactly. With that, yeah. There would have been there would have been a yeah. core of the community that was yeah. like, why why not the big final boss fight that we've always gotten? Um, we can't win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's <laughs> literally cannot. Yes, exactly. I'm not sure if it's any more ridiculous than firing rocket launchers at a demon Wesker in a volcano, but I mean. You know, I mean, oh no! I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure anybody was claiming that that was <laughs> rational. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, know. it's, but it, but it certainly was. I mean, but no, yeah, point taken. Com- it was comically ridiculous and takes you out of everything that you liked mm. about the game, or at least me personally. Yeah, mm, yeah. Fortunately, uh, for many, uh, at least before that point, the game was scary enough. Uh, Joe eighty one. Mm-hmm from the forum says unfortunately i have not been able to finish resident evil 7 in time for the podcast due to how utterly terrifying it is to me it has been nearly a week since i fought marguerite for the last time and i still cannot stop thinking about it i don't think i've ever been that genuinely frightened before video game or otherwise 
The first time I entered her greenhouse and encountered her, I was expecting a fight due to all the supplies I'd been finding, but I was not expecting her to just erupt out of a window halfway up the stairs and then reach ghoul-like with unnaturally long arms towards me, insanely cackling the entire time. I full-on screamed in an octave I didn't know I could reach, scaring my partner and the cat, the latter of which screeched as well and ran out of the room like she'd been poked with a cattle prod. This was also at about 11.30pm local time, so my scream also woke up our youngest daughter, who I'm sure will be forever traumatised by the sound of her father meeting his maker. <laughs> I was stunned and just stared stupidly at the television. The boss scrambled away out of the now open window. It was soon after that I realised I had to go and find her, at which point I turned off the console, telling myself, never again. Brazenhead89 says... Resident Evil 7's closing chapters are the blandest, not only of uh, of any Resident Evil title, but many games I've played this generation. A trawl through grey identikit cave complexes does not an exciting finale make, and after the vividly realised mansion setting, one can't help but wonder if either the game's budget or the developer's enthusiasm was running very dry indeed. The abandoned ship also made comparisons to Resident Evil revelations that I think were best avoided. Ultimately, I still consider 7 to be great, not up there with the remake or 4, but above the majority of Resident Evil games I've played. I hope a true sequel can provide a more consistent experience. Until then, Resident Evil 2 looks to be the Resident Evil I've always wanted, mixing the slow pace of the originals with the third-person shooting of 4, and I hope this proves the best template going forwards. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little more about PSVR. Uh, Simon Sloth says, uh, if judged as an advert for VR, it is hands down the most impressive game I've played. It's not a gimmicky tech demo nor an experience, but a fully fledged VR survival horror game. There are a few issues with making a game in VR which affect a lot of players to varying degrees, such as motion sickness and VR fatigue, which I'm fortunate enough not to suffer too frequently. However, given this is not a short, sharp burst of fun, the likelihood of these being an issue increases several fold. The game has a nice tutorial which demonstrates how to play and defaults to the mildest setting. The camera jumps rather than moves smoothly as this is designed to reduce the chance of motion sickness. It does make the game less fluid and slightly jarring to players and observers, so I turned it off and switched all the safeguards off. This on the one hand creates far more immersion, heightens the experience and cranks up the intensity, but on the other hand is physically draining. In order to play the game in VR, I needed the perfect environment. If I was tired, had a headache, had just eaten, etc., there would be a good chance within half an hour that I'd be feeling the effects. Also, having children, one can't put on a VR headset and block the world out unless the house is empty. So this was a game which took me almost a year to complete, not through lack of trying, but purely due to circumstance. I can't even begin to comprehend how long Skyrim would take me to finish. In those precious moments I did play, I found myself absolutely blown away. The game is dripping with atmosphere and a level of craftsmanship I haven't seen in a VR game as yet. Every single room I encountered was a delicious new space to rummage around in, and chores like item hunting were anything but tiresome. It is well and truly a visual feast. The ooze-laden, slime-filled and filthy environments were satisfyingly disgusting. <laughs> Brian, does that, that ring true yeah, to you, uh, all that? He uh, described a lot of the exact experience I had, um, including the having a small child and not being able to do it unless everybody's out of the house yeah. or at bed at night. <laughs> um, it, it was jaw-droppingly terrifying. Um, 
I can't express how it feels unless someone who's played a VR title before, but um, I played the game before. I knew where the scares were coming, and that first time that Mia, when she came out and she stabbed your hand with a screwdriver into the wall, I I literally screamed. Like, it was absolutely <laughs> terrifying. I didn't think, and Sean and I talked about this briefly, like, right uh, a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, I didn't think I was going to get through it. Um. It really, I had to stop a few times at the beginning, but as I kept going, like I just became, became really, I don't know how to say it. Like, like I I became addicted to that feeling. Um, it it turned into the single most exhilarating video game experience I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And that's as someone who's played a lot of games and, and I know I'm relatively new to contributing to the podcast, but it it was just simply unlike anything I'd ever done, and the VR added yeah. to that. But the the way the sound design, everything added into it, I could literally talk about it for hours. I promise you, I will not. But um, <laughs> it, it made every moment yeah. of that game brand new to me. And uh, yeah, and it, it it's just to me. And I'm thinking about it now. Not only to justify the getting the PSVR, but it it made me excited for things like Skyrim VR and Borderlands Two VR, mm-hmm. which is upcoming. Like. Like, I never thought I'd want to spend that much time in the headset. You know, I thought 20, 30-minute experiences would be perfect. Yeah. But this just proved mm-hmm. that, like, I played, I ended up playing the free DLC in VR, and then I, and the reason mm-hmm. I decided to buy End of Zoe, I mean, it was for preparation for this, but mostly, I didn't want to be done playing Resident Evil in VR yet. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it, it really is, it's something special. I, but I completely understand what he was saying about the motion sickness and blocking out the world and, and what it can do. Yeah. It, the first two or three experiences, it was it was physically difficult for me to get through. But once I got over that hump, I'm again, I'll I'll slow down now because I could I could talk about this for a long long time. <laughs> no, I, I, I've had similar feelings about like just VR in general. Like there's 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 that moment that kind of clicks where like I remember once I first got PSVR and um, playing something like this and being like, oh man, this I, now I want every game in VR, like every first person game in VR, like it's just the coolest stuff in the world. Um, I know Leon, you're kind of like a saw on the fence about VR, but um, uh, well, I, I think know, I just hadn't tried. Last time we spoke, I hadn't tried it. I have now tried it. Oh and, right, okay, yeah. And it, and it, you know, it's not that it's not that I'm on the fence about it so much as uh, I just I've had doubts about its market viability. Sure, that's true. Because yeah. expensive add-ons never <coughs> succeed, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but PSVR not only seems to be hanging on, but actually, uh, I've noticed that they're doing another round of advertising at the moment, and obviously mm-hmm. it's been it's been discounted. And yeah, no, I enjoyed. I spent two you know full evenings of of playing VR stuff, and That's I enjoyed right. it. Yeah. Seven was seven was compromised by that whatever calibration uh, yeah, error yeah, that made that me feel thing. the wrong size. But um, but no, it was cool. Uh, I preferred yeah. AstroBot. But you know, right. cool. <laughs> there's there's something yeah. weird about about the Resident Evil Seven VR for me was that um, it kind of took away the the control from you a little more often than I would like. Like so, if you were um, like early on when you are you, you show up to the house, you come around the corner. There's that like there's that cow that's dead laying there, and then you have to go underneath this like uh, it's like a bunch of body parts put together. Yeah, and in the game, in the regular game, like you see him physically like move down. He puts his hand on top of the thing as he as he goes under it. In VR, it's just yes. kind of like a cut to yes. black, cut faded back okay, in, and that's right. and stuff like that is kind of damaging. And there's a few moments like that throughout the game. Mm-hmm. It's not too often to where it kind of blows for me, but 
they couldn't work out how to put those transitions yeah, into and VR. Especially right? that, that last fight with um Evelyn where you're hanging from under like she's like holding you in the air. I can mm. see why that would probably make everyone throw up. Um, but there is a lot of cut to black during that fight because they don't want you in yes. VR to be like, tossed around. The vertical movement is what I've noticed is really what makes me personally sick in VR. So yeah, every time yeah, you drop it all from any, it could be mm. just a six inch drop or a yep. six foot drop, it cuts to black until you're physically on yeah. the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed I'd, going down in a I lift. didn't know this was a mm-hmm. thing until I loaded up Skyrim. I'm like, I'm going to play the intro to Skyrim. And yeah. Skyrim starts <laughs> on a cart going down a hill like you're going down to yeah they, and i instantly i just i had to take the headset off i was uh, it was it was gonna get ugly real quick <laughs> so oh man so the cuts to yeah. black were jarring but i also um in hindsight yeah. appreciated it meant that you could carry yeah, on exactly so, right that was it okay couple of collectibles and unlockables worth mentioning. So the antique coins, there are 18 in total dotted throughout the game, so not a huge amount. Uh, the first uh, couple of sets, well, depending on how you choose to spend them, uh, again, randomly, for no real reason, they've got some upgrades hidden in bird cages and a magnum. Nobody knows why. <laughs> uh, so the, the magnum is nine antique coins, I think it is. I did think anyone, so. Did anyone get, them in, get enough of them to get mm-hmm. the magnum? Not on this playthrough. I went for the other, uh, the the steroids and the uh, stabilizer first. Yeah, 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 me too. Reload speed. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So I'm guessing that in again in traditional fashion, the Magnum is uh, is a very powerful weapon. Uh, I found a few bullets for it, but obviously it it keeps them very limited. Yeah. and the other sort of collectible is the uh, the sort of yeah the the pointless environmental collectible if you want to call it that but there's obviously as a trophy for it i don't know if it, if any there's anything else for finding nope. all and destroying all 20 mr everywhere statues there is not which bums me out yeah. cuz it's like yeah. It's the Alan Wake coffee cup thing of just here's just a thing in the environment that you shoot or right. cut, yeah, the old and there's nothing to it. Hunt. It doesn't give you any kind of even in four like there are these stupid medallions everywhere, yeah. but you shot them and you got a gun out yep. of it. Like yeah, there's nothing for it here other yeah. than a trophy. These are little uh, caricatures of uh, sort of American footballer character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. Uh, I guess oh, it relates same. to something, but. Mm, you can random. pick up that one football helmet that's sitting somewhere on yes. a, on a sideboard, and it says, "Oh, maybe this was yeah. his hobby," and that is the only thing that I have ever found. <laughs> There's a that one in right. any way relates to it. There's one football mm. uh, banner yeah. in the DLC a poster. A banner, that's, yeah. that's I've yeah. seen too. That's about it. Yeah, it's like they didn't quite follow through with that whole sub story or whatever. Uh, <laughs> There's also the dolls that you can pick up and rotate and look at. That are mm-hmm. uh, they? They're like Mia and Evelyn dolls oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that crop up from time to time. Oh, the other thing I never figured out: um, there are, as well as uh, certain cases and crates that are smashable, as per uh, probably four onwards, game four onwards. There are also mm-hmm. unlockable uh, that you need lockpicks or or the right key oh, for yeah. mm-hmm. uh, unlockable cases. But there's also these tins that you pick up, and some of them rattle. I never, I never found out what that was all about. Not me either. Anyone? No, me either. <laughs> I, I can't. Just like the the kind of lunchboxish ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, you um, can open those. Yeah. Sometimes How? they have like lockpicks. You got to. R- 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 it's kind of like the old um the old games where you'd have to turn the book to the left oh, and then hit the okay. button and it would open up and there's lockpicks in most of them or herbs. Um, yeah, because the the ones with stuff in rattle, but I never worked out. I assumed you uh, had yeah. to find something to open them, but nope. I didn't realize. You said turns oh. to the left. Oh, there you go. Sometimes well, they're full them. of maggots. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> yeah that oh, happens a lot. Okay. 
Yes. I got through the game without opening one of those. Oh. <laughs> and and the stupid thing is, I saw I solved some of the other puzzles where you have to rotate the item uh, and <laughs> and look at it because I always like those. But um, yeah. Oh, well, what a what a doofus. Never mind. Um, <laughs> So yeah, DLC four pieces in total. One was free. Uh, three of them on the season pass, I guess, or you can buy them individually. So not a hero. I'm going to mention first because it's the free one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually developed by Hexadrive, who are the the uh, company set up by a former Capcom employee whose name escapes me temporarily. Uh, their first job was porting Res to the Xbox 360, but they've also ported Akami into HD uh, and uh, various other cool projects. Um, including Zone of the Enders 2, the recent remake of that. But they actually developed this Not a Hero DLC. Uh, You take control of Chris. You ostensibly attempt to rescue colleagues, but he's really rubbish at rescuing colleagues because they all end up dying horribly. (laughs) Uh, And that's how you end up fighting, having a showdown with a mutated Lucas. Um, So yeah, I played this through over a couple of sessions. Um, I quite liked the... It's got a couple of new monster types, molded types, which require a special kind of ammo to put them down. Mm. Um, and I thought they looked quite good. They they were a bit interesting. But overall, yeah, yeah it was it was kind of a yeah, it's the the more sort of action oriented, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. more horror shootery bit. I thought it was fine. It was fine for free. You know, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, okay. For free, um, I the the only thing that I did not really get on with in this DLC was that a lot of it is kind of time limit based and that's not my favorite thing some i think that Ah, in in uh in small doses it can be very effective but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of it in this one like a a lot of you have to find and you know it does the kind of metroidy thing of you have to have Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. good breathing filter to go into this space which allows you to get the next thing to go into the next area and that's fine but like I died a couple of times just because I didn't think that it would instantly kill me when I ran out of <laughs> uh, filter juice or whatever uh, when my filter <laughs> failed, and, and it does. Um, mm. Also, the the fight with Lucas that you mentioned, uh, mm. you have to keep managing your oxygen. There are two mm-hmm. kind of oxygen mm-hmm. tanks to the sides yeah. that you can use to fill yourself back up, but it takes them time to recharge, so you have to time mm-hmm. that with how uh, how much oxygen you have left as, to, yeah. as opposed to how long it's going to take them to recharge and i mm-hmm. i didn't hate it uh, it was not unmanageable but it was also not my favorite uh, mechanic that they really use mm. there yeah the i think the worst bit was the the bit in the run-up to the final fight which was the bit where lucas puts you in a very small room with an awful lot of yeah. molded uh which oh yeah just oh. yeah that that was pretty limited combat yeah and the, there was one puzzle right before then when you you come into a room and there's, there's bombs everywhere, and you have oh, to like yeah. dodge like the the lines yeah. and then like, did you guys know to not immediately walk nope. up to the body? No, and, not the first and, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and and then like, yeah, so you do it and then you know you die and you, you hit the retry, and then the loading screen literally tells you what to do. It's like yeah. just yeah. It, don't don't walk up to him first. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah. for the hint. Like, it would have been nice if they had kind of drawn your attention to the yeah. switch that you're actually yeah. supposed yeah, to exactly. use or yeah. highlighted it in some way yeah. instead of just well <laughs> your, your instinct is of course going to be to go to your buddy right. who is you First know you trapped to. on the floor here yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. and you, you there's really nothing until you try to save him and are, yeah. are I killed. guess none of us. Or was... if Lucas had even said something, well, I don't think he does. No, no. not even. A, uh, yeah, there's a. I think he vaguely 
yeah, maybe there's a vague yeah, <laughs> clue, but yeah, none of us was thinking like a like a Redfield is yeah. the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah, it's, it's we were thinking mm, like, a, oh no, my buddy is in trouble. So. Perhaps I should help him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So tell me, uh, I haven't played the band footages, volume one and two. So they're both separated into uh, two or three little sections. Yeah, but they're all kind of just in that extra content folder on the on the main screen. They yeah. just kind of pop up there. Um, Anything worth mentioning? They're all they're all individual vignettes, uh, totally unrelated to. Well, I guess maybe kind of sort of related to like the 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 cameraman story from the from earlier. Oh, okay. Um, where like you know he's captured and then like so there's one where there's one that the one that I kind of liked because it's just mostly puzzle solving is um i believe it's called bedroom and you play the cameraman and you wake up in 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 uh marguerite's got you locked down in this bed and she's coming to feed you and you have to it's like she'll come and, and she'll talk to you she'll taunt you for a little bit and she'll leave and then you're kind of have to be in the room and you're looking around for a way to get out basically right. but it's all kind of like a, it's kind of like an escape room kind of deal where like you yeah. you'll fix yeah. you'll put some stuff together and then she'll hear you messing around so you're like oh crap you got to put it all back where you found it and then get back in bed oh, and oh, then cool. she like comes in misery yeah exactly exactly like yeah. misery yeah and yeah. so she and if she notices that something's wrong um you know you'll get knocked out or hit or die or, or something like that um mm. So it's a cute little thing, but like totally inconsequential. Like you, you could watch it on YouTube and and, and probably yeah. get the same feeling yeah, out of it. Yeah. Story wise, though, um, daughters, daughters yeah. I thought uh -huh. was okay. Yeah, that was maybe the only other one that I would recommend yeah. actually playing through or, or taking a look at, mm -hmm. um, because it kind of gives you it, essentially what it is is it's the start of the whole thing because mm -hmm. you kind of see what they were like you know kind of going into this mm -hmm. and what the 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 uh situation was when uh jack actually finds um finds the the girls out in the swamp and kind of brings them back and you know you play as zoe and you're uh you're kind of blindsided by what happens mm -hmm. and as your family is starting to transform you're trying to figure out kind of what's going wrong mm -hmm. and how you can mm -hmm. escape and uh that that i kind of liked yep. um just because you know it does show you a little glimpse of kind of that these were actually pretty decent people mm -hmm. you know who were just trying really to to help somebody that they you know this little girl that they found kind of out in a mm -hmm. shipwreck essentially which why why they didn't think that was a little bit weirder i'm <laughs> yeah. not sure but um yeah but uh, yeah it's it's it is a nice little look into what they what they had mm -hmm. before uh before everything kind of yeah. went sideways gameplay wise um, it's a little frustrating because it's it's very cat yes. and mouse um you know you get yeah. caught and you it's don't over. really have a way to attack yeah don't you think. don't yeah so mm -hmm. it's just the just second you get run. caught it's a retry and Mm, yes. Yeah, that that would annoy me. Uh, apparently, there's a kind of continuity error in that one. Several files in the game state that it takes three days minimum for the mold to take complete control of its victims, but in that DLC, it shows that the bakers fall in less than an hour. Hmm. Uh, I didn't think about that, hmm. but yeah, that's that is accurate. Error. Uh, end of Zoe. Oops. What happens in that one? Yeah, I yeah, liked so end, I. Of the end of Zoe. Yeah, they um. So basically, uh, Uncle Joe Baker. Uh, stumbles across the house and and kind of comes up on the the aftermath of everything that had happened and uh it just kind of pins down some special ops guys and tries to figure out what's been going on and uh the thing with uncle oh. joe is that he doesn't he doesn't use guns he uses fists <laughs> so uh he kind all melee yeah it's all melee and um 
Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. It it tells the story of what what happened to Zoe after she was left. So the DLC starts with the pretense that you selected the ending where you chose Mia and left Zoe. So it actually replays that whole scene right at the beginning, and you start out as as Joe coming back onto the property, and and you kind of uh, you know zombie punch your way through to the uh, to to the house to kind of find out what. What and else? door punch. Yeah, and door punch. <laughs> oh, and okay. uh, and you, know, you throw spears it's at real... zombie alligators, and it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah, what? it's really silly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why? And then Zoe kind of ends up looking like a Final Fantasy character, like she yeah. turns into like this crystallized. Yeah, not real sure why that why she reacted <laughs> by getting a crystal bikini, <laughs> know. but you yeah. know, that's exactly what she looks like. It's 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 weird yeah. how that all yeah. really weird. tapes out. Um, <laughs> it I think it had some. But you get to sock a lot of zombies, so it's yeah. Fun. It's definitely the one <laughs> yes. that kind of embraces the ridiculousness of it all and just kind of says, hey, mm-hmm. here you go. Mm-hmm. Go around and punch these molded in the face and throw these <laughs> throw these spears at these uh, alligators. It's um, I, I thought sure. narrative-wise for the family, though, it had some interesting moments. Um, but the one thing that didn't sit well with me was uh, – well, not sit well, but it didn't make sense to me is that uh, Joe was acting – well, yes, yes, that again. too. But Joe's, Joe's <laughs> acting mm-hmm. like he – has this like real connection with what happened to the family, but hmm. and says like uh, like recognizes Zoe like what happened to you girl, but then also acknowledges that he hasn't been there in at least three years because <laughs> then, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah no yeah. nobody has has <laughs> yeah. mentioned him yeah. or seen him. Yeah. You would think that like if if he lives that close. That right. Zoe would have, yeah. Zoe at least yeah. would have tried to contact yeah. him or something. Yeah, they have a telephone. But, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah yeah. But yeah, he. Uh, I I liked yeah. I liked Uncle Joe actually. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, he seems like a pretty solid guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's just kind of out <laughs> yeah. there doing his weird yeah. woods prepper he, thing. I guess yeah. he and, materializes. Uh, yeah, out of the now, swamp. <laughs> this is supposed to. Yeah, this is supposed to be. Uh, it's supposed to kind of come on immediately after the end of the game, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, as Brian was mentioning, it's you know there are already special ops guys in the area. Mm-hmm. This has already all happened, and uh, towards the end, um, you 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 know you you do your melee thing, and at the very end, you find this special weapon. That is oh, God, basically yeah. just a metal glove that you put on your left hand, <laughs> and that's what you use to punch ze- uh, to punch your brother to death. So, <laughs> Which you uh, actually charge yeah, up. Yes, you have to you have to charge what? it up. You have to hold in L two until it tells you charging is completed, yeah. and then you punch him. <laughs> wow! So uh, yeah, yeah. Jack <laughs> back. The punching again? was Sorry? fun. It was yeah, yes, Jack, Jack is, is back, back yeah. again. You don't know it's him for a while. Uh, he just looks like a, a particularly resilient zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. But towards the end, you grab him and you kind of rip off part of the the stuff that's covering his face, and you see that it's Didn't him again. Blow up. So, Did, uh... yeah, you you thought so, but okay. I guess cool. not. And that's why he's after Zoe because he uh, he really wants uh, his daughter back. And yeah, yeah. okay. So there's that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was fun. It's 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 <laughs> silly, but it's. It's a good time. Good I I liked sure. it, I um, and like I said, I I liked the character of. I don't know. I don't know where Joe any of the confusion the is coming from. It's just the classic story of having to charge up your rocket fist to punch your undead brother in the face <laughs> in order to save your crystal princess niece. I don't understand a story that's been told yeah. a thousand yeah, no, times. When you when you put it that way, it's accurate. Mm. Sounds like a Thursday. Yeah. Case of zero one thousand. In conclusion, says 
In any case, as a massive fan of the franchise, I can only consider this game to be an enormous disappointment and a complete bastardisation of the series' roots. The classic Resident Evil games are absolute masters in the art of achieving a lot with very little, thanks to their fantastic direction and crystal clear dichotomy between gameplay and presentation, whereas Resident Evil Other M is all about doing less with more due to its uninspired presentation style and over-reliance on insipid scripted sequences. This game has a lot going for it, especially in the technological department, but it does unfortunately suffer from the sort of fundamental design choices that I can only describe as unpatchable. What a complete and utter waste. Like most other true classics of the medium, the mainline Resident Evil titles have always excelled at something even at their worst. Resident Evil 7, on the other hand, is serviceable in pretty much every aspect, but it excels at nothing. Like the vast majority of modern games... It doesn't seem to be driven by any particular artistic vision and over-relies instead on popular tropes and design by committee. When judged on its own merit, Resident Evil 7 is a perfectly adequate experience, albeit one that is artistically uninspired and rewards neither thought nor mastery. But when compared to the giants in whose footsteps it purports to walk, it fails in every respect. The movie Casablanca ends with Rick bidding farewell to his beloved Ilsa due to the harsh realities of life keeping them apart, gently consoling her with the legendary quote, We'll always have Paris. This is pretty much where I am with Resident Evil at this point, if this game is anything to go by. So when you said that he thought this game was okay and just not a good Resident <laughs> there's Evil a, game. There's a line in there. There's a line in there. Ooh. When judged on its own merit, Resident Evil 7 is a perfectly <laughs> adequate experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To each their own. No. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, and again, I bring up earlier. Like, I, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think his favorite entry is Resident Evil Four, which a lot of people wrote pretty much those same exact words about Resident Evil Four yeah. when it came out. So I mean, it's 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 a thing. It's a thing that happens. You know, people who are yeah disappointed. It's, it's you know. fascinating because yeah. I I I in the same way that I think that people loving Resident Evil Six, it's you yeah. know it's mm -hmm. perfectly valid and it's just it's really interesting to me to hear mm -hmm. these yeah, opinions that yeah. are then the outlooks that are really yeah. different yeah. from the experience yeah. that it's I had. It's one of the most so. fun things about uh, doing this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, si it's neat. Simon Sloth says this is a Resident Evil game by name only. And I would separate it from the others in the series, not just because it is different, but also because for large parts, I think it's better. Unfortunately, from the cruise ship onwards, the game becomes far more gung-ho to its detriment, and the final boss fight is barely passable. It's almost like a QTE in terms of its simplicity and brevity. If the themes the game introduced in the first two thirds were extended to its entire running time, it would be pitching its tent on my epic shelf. As it is, I'll have to settle for the next shelf down, gazing up at what might have been. And finally, Mechner says, I think Resident Evil 7 is exactly what the waning series needed. Like Resident Evil 4 changing up the series before it, Resi 7 changed it up again and returning to its horror, slow-moving roots with an underpowered protagonist. All the while providing new gameplay. I think the move to first person hu uh, helped hugely in making the Resident Evil series actually scary again, all while retaining its B-movie tongue-in-cheek stylings. I knew that I would love Resident Evil 7 from the moment I sat my girlfriend down, a non-gamer, to play the sublime beginning hour demo. She plodded through the haunted house in absolute terror, hiding behind a pillow with nearly every step she took. Resi 7 is a resounding success in my opinion, and I'm looking forward to where the series goes now. So yeah, Resident Evil 2 Remake releases 25th January 2019. Not expecting any late delays. They seem to be showing more and more of it. Mm -hmm. And according to Wikipedia... On September the 14th, 2017, 
Capcom announced that a new Resident Evil was already in motion, unsurprisingly, I suppose. <laughs> Some brief reviews again with uh, with split opinions in just three words. Follow us on Twitter at CanaanRince, starting with Brian. Camille Rousseau says, Vapid, overbearing, treasonous. <laughs> Immortan Yord says, A different perspective. Brazenhead89 says, Similar, but different. Jasper Makinen, scary for change. Joe81, nearly pooed myself. Badsmzo is pants crapping VR. Mike Bamford says, VR nightmare simulator. Metal Gear Monday says, One of us. Alessio Summerfield, when you're here. Connor Hawk says, Arg the bees! Not the bees. Mechner says, <laughs> Return to form. Alex79UK. Series redeeming sequel. The Baboon Baron, staple limbed brilliance. There you go. The full gamut. Right. Uh, let's conclude and summarize. Would we recommend this game? I'm not sure. I, I feel like actually maybe I'm the least positive about the game. I'm not sure, but I'll go first. I'll, I'll be brief. Uh, I enjoyed Resident Evil 7 a fair amount. Uh, it was certainly refreshing after Resident Evil 6. It still doesn't really feel like a Resident Evil game to me. <laughs> it feels like something else that has Resident Evil, some elements of Resident Evil in it. But uh, I played Outlast and I enjoyed it. And it feels closer in some ways to uh, to an experience like that, uh, a more contemporary first person uh, scary jump em up simulator. Um, but yeah, I, I had a real uh, strong sense of being there throughout, even not playing it in VR. Uh, and that that was a cool thing. It had some proper hue moments uh, and a few chuckles as well, a few laughs along the way. Generally, the moment to moment was pleasurable, finding keys and picking up ammo and reloading your gun and shooting mud men in the face was all, you know, it was a good time. I had a good time with it. And uh, it was only really the final, yeah, maybe the final quarter where I was like, yeah, this game probably... I, I thought it was going to end at the end of the ship section. I didn't know we were mm. going back, and I kind of wish it, they had managed to wrap it all up in, in that part because although there there's some good stuff about going back to the house, uh, there's a whole bit in a salt mine and a final boss, which I don't think adds really anything to the overall experience. But if this is to be the template for the numbered mainline Resi series going forward... I think they could do a lot to, you know, maintain the the tension and the atmosphere m more consistently throughout the game. But I think, as we kind of said, I th I would be very much into them, kind of throwing out all the old stuff and saying, you know, those games were those games. Kind of hand that genre over to the the fanatics in the same way that things like Metroidvanias and things have been handed over to independent developers mm. and just let yeah, Capcom's, you know, let them focus on their, you know, their strengths now and, and what they think would work for the series now. So, yeah, I enjoyed it well enough. I don't think it's something I'll be replaying tons and tons, but, uh, but I had a, a scary time with it and it was somewhat refreshing after playing the entire series in a 12-month period. Uh, I think Leah next, possibly. I think that's that that tracks. Um, yeah, I I agree with a lot of uh, of what Leon uh, is was just saying. Um, I I don't think that this is without its flaws. Certainly, uh, there are things 
that I think are much stronger than others, notably, as we've kind of repeatedly said, the uh, the earlier parts of the game uh, were where it stood out for me the most uh, in, in a good way. <laughs> some, of the, some of the later things, maybe like the giant face, uh, <laughs> stood out in not not as great ways. Uh, but I, I enjoyed this this entry in the series it's it's up there for me uh, as i said i haven't played all of them but uh, of the ones that i have played it's it's definitely near the top i i really find it fun when i can get into a game that i find genuinely scary i consume a lot of horror themed content and um I, I, I don't necessarily always do it to be scared. Uh, sometimes I just like seeing how things fit together and how uh, how it's constructed. But uh, it's it's nice when I find something that I, I genuinely, that they have done well enough to kind of get me uh, get me nervous or tense or something uh, in in something like this, and uh, this does a great job of that. I this this game is genuinely scary to me. I have not played it in VR because I'm a giant baby, and <laughs> I don't I don't think I would do too well. I do not have a VR set up myself, but I do have access to one. Um, do it. And I have a friend who has told me that I should really do that. So um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm scared, but uh, maybe, maybe in the future, I, I the the possibility does exist. So we'll see uh, if if that ever happens. But I I would recommend playing Resident Evil Seven if you are very locked into uh, some of the the earlier series kind of tropes, then it is possible, uh, as we've seen through some of our correspondence and um, and just through what I think. Uh, might stand out in a bad way to some people, uh, then it's possible that you might find uh, yourself not as in love with this uh, entry into the series as maybe some of the earlier ones, because it does break in a lot of ways from things that have come before. Um, But if you are not so tied into those, then I think you'll really have a good time with it. Uh, It isn't perfect, but I am looking forward to seeing what they do with this kind of formula in the series going forward, because if it's anything like this, I I think I'll probably be in, and I'm looking forward to that Resident Evil 2 remake now. Mm. Uh, I've I had lost a little bit of hope coming out of Resident Evil 6, but uh, this this got it back. So, uh, yes. Do recommend, uh, and uh, yeah, just... uh, just enjoyed it a whole lot. Cool. Sean? Yeah, you guys uh, took all the words out of my mouth. Really. I, think we're, I think we're all kind of in, in similar agreement here. I think that yeah, I think like so. the, the first, you know, you know, we've said it a bunch of times. You already said it a bunch of times too already. Like it's just, it's it's a bunch, it's a, um, it's a very front loaded game. And, but that front load is super impressive um, and, and, and very, um, uh, immersive and and scary and intriguing, and then it totally loses. Uh, it gets off the rails about like halfway through, and that's a bummer. But I think it is something that I'm sure they've heard a bunch since uh, the release. And even though the reviews were pretty positive, I, I imagine you know they, they've gotten the feed. I would hope they've gotten the feedback, and and that you know whatever Resident Evil Eight turns out to be, which I imagine would be similar to this. Mm. Um, I, I, I do hope that it is a good improvement for the entirety of whatever that experience is. And yeah, Resident Evil Two remake. Um, it can't come soon enough. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, it, it's it, the original isn't one of my favorite in the series, but I'm, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love the original remake. And if they can do, if they can work that magic again, 
um yeah. I, I can't wait it's gonna be great mm. so very different team we shall see you know but yeah of course yeah, not, yeah it's yeah. not impossible brian um yeah for me uh, i would echo everything you guys have already said about the game um for me it's a tale of two different experiences uh the yeah. first time i played the game I, I agree with everything you just said the first four hours were incredible for me the last two or three i i could really have done without uh the game kind of I think switches on you in a way um, where at the beginning I was conserving ammo and saving every shot and really treating everything like as a minimalist where at the, I ended up finishing the game with about 10 times the bullets that I needed because the end of the game turns into kind of just a, a run and gun almost. And, um, and it, mm. it, I would say that my first time playing through it, I, I was glad I played it. I liked it quite a bit and I was glad to be done. And, um, <laughs> and yeah. then, and then to cut to playing the game for this podcast. Um, uh, the VR experience has has changed it for for me in in a way that has made Resident Evil a very special lifetime game for me. Just because it it to me is the proof of concept for 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 what virtual reality can be. So um, mm-hmm. and uh, on top of all that, it's one of the most effective horror games I've ever played. It's it's absolutely terrifying when it needs to be, and um and and for that alone, anybody who's a, who's a fan of the of the genre should should at least play through the first two acts of this game. Cool. Thanks, everybody. So we did it uh, for now, at least. Uh, someday we may reconvene for podcasts about the Resident Evil 2 remake and Resident Evil 8 and who knows what after that. But uh, yes, there we go. You can listen to the entire set of Kane and Rint's Resident Evil podcasts, all nine of them, I think, starting uh, with, was it 301? <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, it remains for me, Leon, to thank Brian, Leah and Sean and Editor Jay, as well as our correspondents and to you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and appreciate the time and effort that goes into all of the podcasts that we make, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or just a rating, a five star or whatever you want to give us is great. Subscription, of course, so you download every show. Don't miss a thing. Also subscribe to Sound of Play and The Sausage Factory. And you can even support us on patreon.com slash cadenrince. A dollar a month. You get every podcast earlier, usually extended. This one will certainly be longer if you pay the dollar. And an exclusive monthly bonus podcast as well. Mm -hmm. Can't say fairer than that. Next time, in issue 350, we'll be concluding our year of podcasts with, I guess, like the halfway point of our Final Fantasy series the much requested and much loved Final Fantasy 7. So alone, 
Arms outstretched when she's done. 